Can a man turn his head? He turn his head and pretend. And he pretends that he just doesn't see. Welcome to the Weekly Review with Roman. Today it's Friday, August 31st, 2118. Thank you so much for listening. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. This show is called the Weekly Review. We'll be going over news stories, playing some music in between, and also sharing events and actions that are coming up that folks can partake in if you're able. And I hope to provide a lot of different options, events that are happening. Folks can go in person. Uh, ways folks can support the folks in prison who are on strike by doing phone zaps and also spreading the information as well as we'll also be playing a clip a video clip to help end intersex uh, surgery that happens non-consensually on babies it's pretty much a a no-brainer however want to provide some information for folks who might not be aware and also ways that folks can take action on that so we'll be playing a clip a little bit later on with ways that folks can show up. So there's a lot of different things that we'll be covering on the show today and ways for folks. I know the world, for me, I can only speak for myself, uh, feels backwards, upside down, unfair, unjust. People in positions of power are fucking corrupt and terrible and have been for a very long time and cause harm. And <laughs> that's just part of it. And... Uh, at times it feels, I feel hopeless, and then I also look to see what people are doing, and there are so many folks doing a lot of really incredible things, brave things, that look to to change that. And I hope to provide some sense of that, too, for folks who are listening, ways that folks can take action and support people doing the work, and also by sharing information, because we all know that there's a scarcity of accurate information, of unbiased information, uh, especially from mainstream media, that they're fine with supporting wars and war criminals and mourning their deaths, which I'll probably get into and I'll end up yelling about <laughs> soon enough. And it seems really backwards when the, the stories that people should be talking about and things people should be talking about and discussing and understanding are either not covered at all or covered... Um, and made, people are made to look, victims are made to look like criminals instead of the other way around. And the folks who are causing the harm are somehow celebrated. And uh, I've been getting in, I've been trying to rein myself in and not get into too many arguments or discussions. Cause I try not to be, I have a lot of emotion behind it and energy behind it. And it's really unsettling when folks fail to, to listen to reality and to perspective and experience. And there are far too many people who have been uh, just mourning the death of a war. John McCain passed away. And 
I was astounded. I shouldn't be surprised given the fact that Andrew Jackson's on our $20 bills that like the, you know, these war criminals in this country are still somehow celebrated and revered and there's still statues and street names after some of these people and their people are in positions of power. And that's the thing is that if war criminals are never held accountable, they're going to continue to come about and continue to, to cause wars and there'll be more death and more destruction and more harm. And for some reason, when folks call people out on their on their problematic behavior in a variety of ways, uh, one thing that folks like to do is silence those people who are speaking out, even with evidence, even though there are pictures of John McCain posing with neo-Nazis in the Ukraine, even though he is <sighs> has used racist epithets, even though he called his ex-wife, I won't even repeat the language he's used, there are a number of things, including not voting to have a Martin Luther King holiday, which I think it took him about, someone's like, well, he apologized. It's like, yeah, he apologized, what, like 30 years later or something? And also it's a kind of, how can you even in the first place? And I get that we all make, it's like, can't even, I can go on and on and on. Also, supporting military intervention into 13 countries, and maybe that might not affect you, but it affects a hell of a lot of people. Also, he voted with Trump 83% of the time, including the confirmation of Betsy DeVos. And we don't even have to just, you can just Google the atrocities that have happened that she's, oh goodness, making it more difficult for, for students who have survived sexual assault to defend themselves. She's against trans people, trans students being able to use the bathroom of their choice. Folks, uh, college students who have been uh, the being defraud, uh, they've been f there have been fraud fraudulent lending practices. She's against students being you know protected due to that, and she has a link, of course, with the companies that are profiting off that. These are just a few a few things that she's been a part of. He also voted uh, for Scott Pruitt, who is now he's no longer he resigned from the EPA due to ethical. ethics violations, not the fact that he also didn't believe that humans, he doesn't believe that humans have a part in climate change. And you would think that someone who's head of the Environmental Protection Agency might just think that, but no. So he is, McCain used his power, his privilege and power to not only harm others, but to get other people into office to also harm others. And then people get angry because we're, we're stating this fa these facts. And the time we spend arguing about our right to feel, perhaps, I, I'm not crying over this person. I'm not. People are angry with us instead of mourning. How about the, there are like at least I think 40 kids who were killed in Yemen due to bombs the last few weeks. There was a nine-year-old gay kid who killed himself after being bullied by coming out at school. There are reports of more trans women who have been killed. How about all the sex workers who are killed? How about the people in prison who are being retaliated against simply for striking to get better fucking living conditions? They deserve our sympathy and our empathy and our support. Not someone who spent their life harming other people. Oh, feels good to fucking say that out loud. Because the time we spend trying to fucking argue for this, we're not actually spending time helping the people who need help or advocating for them. And I get if you don't want to, I get there's a lot going on. You might not want to do something. I might not want to do something. I might not be able to do something. It's, I'd rather folks not fucking say anything than to combat the folks of us who are trying to do something. We spend so much fucking time and energy 
trying to fucking speak the truth and people keep on trying to silence us. How fucking exhausting is that? Oh, goodness. Okay. I thought uh, starting the show with some really, like, pleasant music, definitely impactful lyrics, might... I wasn't expecting to kind of go off like that. However, that's what I've been... It's... That's... Those are, it's easier to perhaps, for me anyway, to speak some of these things out loud than to write this up online because I start writing and then I, it goes paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs and I'm like, I want to make sure I like absolutely completely fact check everything and it sounds okay and there's no grammatical errors and then by that time I can't, I don't even have the energy to even send it and this is just on a post on someone's page and it's so fucking exhausting and how much energy is spent trying to fucking speak the truth. Goodness gracious. Ugh. Oh, well, and again, hey, this is my fucking opinion. And I know I'm not alone in it. And it's really fucking discouraging. It's so discouraging, again, to have people's energy spent mourning fucking war criminals. I don't think anyone who listens to this show, granted, I don't know every single person who does listen to it, please know that... I am suspicious and distrustful of most folks in positions of power. It's not like, oh, I only hate Republicans. I've got a lot of anger and frustration and distrust towards Democrats, too. Fucking Chuck Schumer, who and um, several other Democrats were decided to go through and just fast track some of, I just <laughs> tossing things, I'm not tossing things around. My arms are flailing a little bit. I'm pretty upset. Fast track some of Trump's appointees for judges so they can get out early. They're kind of just going going along with it. There's no fucking resistance there. There's none. I think Maxine Waters is like one person who has resisted and tried to say some things, and for the most part, most Democrats are fucking rolling over. And for many of us, we don't have a lot of trust in them in the first place. And of course, as per usual, I'll say this all the time, I would love to be proven wrong about everything. I would love to you know, be like, oh, I'm just too cynical or I'm just too pessimistic. And maybe there are people in positions of power who are actually here in the best interest of the people. (laughs) And I have yet to see that. I really do. And I get that it's not fucking easy to be a politician. And that's why I'm not a politician. I can't make certain compromises. I won't make certain compromises. I would expect folks to be a little bit more (sighs) helpful. Anyway, Those are my thoughts. I'll have more thoughts later on. Thanks so much for listening. Our show last week, which put a lot of time and energy into, is still not up on the site yet, which I'm pretty fucking pissed about. And as well as uh, Women's Magazine and Common Thread Collective from last Friday, which are also really great shows. I stuck around for those shows last week. Uh, Ryan Casada was here. Mia Byrne was here on Common Thread Collective. There's some great music. And um, fortunately, those shows were not up yet. So hopefully they'll be up soon. And just stating that to know that, uh, (laughs) speak it into truth. Hopefully folks will be able to check in soon. And I definitely did go into a lot about the prison strike last week. And I'm going to start off now by playing a clip from Democracy Now! with an interview that will provide some more information for folks. And also, it's what I hope to do here is also just provide information. Uh, (sighs) I'm going to sigh. It's okay. It's, uh... Ugh. Also, open up the show with uh, music 
if you're interested in listening excuse me some more uh the first song was stereo lab with ping pong and thanks to dana uh for that recommendation i hadn't heard that song before and then following that was stevie wonders singing uh, blown in the wind and just stevie wonders voice is just uh, uh and fuck, uh, just uh like sometimes i there's no reason for me to even comment on it because it's just it's says it all right there so now i'm going to play a clip from democracy now i'm going to load this up quickly and you can also check it out. I believe I've shared it on the Weekly Review webpage, and you can also go directly to democracynow.org, and this um, came out yesterday on August 30th. This is Democracy Now! I'm Amy Goodman with Nermeen Sheikh. We end today's show with the nationwide prison strike as prisoners across the country join work stoppages, hunger strikes, and commissary boycotts in at least 11 states to protest prison conditions and demand the end of what they call prison slavery. Today marks the 10th day of the strike. Organizers report prisoners in South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, and Indiana are demonstrating. Individuals in Texas, California, and Ohio have gone on hunger strike, including some in solitary confinement. Meanwhile, at least six people have been hunger striking inside the Northwest Detention Center in Tacoma, Washington, for more than a week. This is one of the hunger strikers, Morat, speaking yesterday from jail. Uh, I'm on hunger strike, seven days, uh, five days without water. Uh, I know what nationwide uh, situation now, everybody on hunger strike. For the latest, we go to Seattle, Washington, to speak with Amani Sawari, a prison strike organizer working on behalf of Jailhouse Lawyers Speak, a network of prisoners who are helping organize the nationwide strike. Amani, welcome back to Democracy Now! Well, we just played that clip of Morat uh, in the prison in uh, your state, Washington. Why don't you begin there and take us across the country what you understand is happening behind bars. It's getting so little coverage in the corporate media. So Jailhouse Lawyer Speaks, the incarcerated group of individuals who are organizing the strike from the inside, have received reports from at least 11 states of what's happening with the actions that prisoners are taking on the inside. In Washington, 200 of the detainees in the Northwest Detention Center kicked off the strike on the 21st, and at least six of them are still going strong today. And in Colorado and New Mexico, there are prisoners that started striking prior to the 21st date, on August 9th is when Lee County Correctional Facility started in New Mexico. And every day since the 20th, those prisoners have been on lockdown. Uh, the lockdown was a statewide lockdown in New Mexico, and prisoners are still on lockdown in Lee County. And then in Colorado, on August 7th, Sterling Correctional Facility had their hunger strike. There's also Florida. There are five institutions there that are on strike. Charlotte Correctional Institution has at least 40 prisoners that are refusing to work and 100 prisoners that are boycotting there. In Dade Correctional, there are at least 30 prisoners. Reports have set up to 40 prisoners who are hunger striking there. Franklin Correctional reports 60 prisoners. Holmes Correctional reports 70 prisoners participating. And there's also activity in Alpache Correctional Facility in Florida. In Indiana, we've got Wabash Valley Correctional Institution, they're hunger striking. In South Carolina, we have six institutions. So there's the most 
activity in South Carolina. We've got Broad River, Lee, McCormick, Turbville, Kershaw, and Liber Correctional Institution hunger striking and doing commissary boycotts. In North Carolina, we have at least one facility, Hyde Correctional Institution. There are also prisoners that are suffering in sol solitary confinement there for participating in the strike. In Georgia, Georgia State Prison is on a hunger strike. In California, we've got no New Folsom Prison. They're also hunger striking in Lancaster State Prison. In Ohio, we have Toledo Correctional Institution on hunger strike. In Texas, we've got at least three facilities there. Sty's unit also. Jason Renard Walker in Tedford unit and Comrade Malik in McConnell unit are both in solitary confinement. Comrade Malik hasn't been allowed to take showers. They are hunger striking there. Jason Walker hasn't been allowed to have toilet paper, towels, or have access to taking a shower or having clean clothes in retaliation to his organizing of the strike in Texas. And Amani, can you talk about what we know about the levels of violence uh, in prisons? Is one of the goals of the strike to, to end uh, uh, violence between different uh, uh, prison gangs and ensure the security of uh, prisoners uh, who are involved? Prisoners are striking against an innately violent climate. The way that prisons are operated do incite violence due to understaffing, also the lack of rehabilitation programs. Prisoners are calling out against these sort of conditions that incite violence. There isn't much to engage the mind. There is no emotional uh, services, no mental services, no mental health services, things that could occupy the prisoner's time and help them with their development while they're in prison. They want to have access to jobs that are valuable, jobs that give them the skills that they need and prepare them for being on the outside. The lack of these types of funding and rehabilitation programs towards that types of funding keep violent conditions going. And staff are complicit in this, either because they're too tired or too overworked to respond effectively to incidents of violence, which keep violence going on, which is what happened in Lee County in April of this year, when violence went on for over seven hours. When a conflict arises or when there's abrasion or tension in the prison, that easily sparks off into violence, because there is no other outlet for these tensions and high negative energy circumstances that prisoners are forced to live within. Amani, um, can you talk about uh, the—if there has been retaliation against prisoners who are engaging these strikes across the country, and then respond to Governor Brown signing off um, against cash bail and your response? Okay, so yes, like I mentioned earlier, Comrade Malik is suffering from retaliation. His retaliation started around August 15th. He was moved into solitary confinement. He is in a concrete cell that's over 100 degrees Fahrenheit in Texas. There's soot covering his cell from previous fires that happened in that unit. He's not allowed to take showers. He's only escorted out in handcuffs. He's not allowed to have co easily communications with the outside. He can't talk on the phone. And this is the type of retaliation that prisoners are suffering that have been organizing and taking the lead in the strike. Um, also, Jason Walker, he wrote an article about the conditions of Texas prisons. And after that article was written, which raised awareness about what was going on in Texas, he was moved to solitary confinement. But even in groups, like in South Carolina, prisoners in McCormick have been having daily strip searches done on them since August 20th, the day 
day before the strike began. Also, David Easley and James Ward, they are in Ohio Toledo's correctional facility, and they have no contact with the outside. They're not allowed to have contact with the outside, and they're also in solitary confinement. So we can see that retaliation is happening against individual organizers, usually in play in the individual organizing happened in the beginning, and then now we're seeing when individual inmates are standing up and choosing to strike that they're being moved in solitary confinement as a repressive uh, force for what's happening with the strike, to try to keep prisoners from joining into what's happening. But this is usually spreading the fire. It's getting something ignited in prisoners. So prisoners know that this is this is a climate where they can actually step up and feel supported. There have been solidarity marches and rallies and events happening in, in at least 21 cities across the country. Amani, so we're showing we our support 20 on the seconds. outside. We just have 20 seconds, but your response to California Governor Brown signing off a bill saying they're ending cash bail. A lot of people are afraid and, say, and saying that prisoners might be in jail longer due to the lack of access to cash bail. We don't see this helping the people that are already over-policed in black and brown communities, and there is a bias towards the people that end up there. So we just see this causing more restrictions and more friction on the inside. This doesn't look like the, the savior bill that, that we're supporting. Amani Suwari, we want to thank you so much for being with us. Amani Suwari is a prison strike organizer working on behalf of Jailhouse Lawyers Speak, a network of prisoners who are helping to organize the nationwide prison strike. The strike began August 21st, the 47th anniversary of the killing of Black Panther George Jackson in San Quentin Prison, and ends on September 9th, the 47th anniversary of the Attica Prison Uprising here in New York. That's it for our show. I'm Amy Goodman with Nermeen Sheikh, our website, democracynow.org. Thanks for joining us. All right. So that was found on democracynow.org if you'd like to check out that. Okay. Uh, if folks are interested in, in getting involved, there's a lot of different... Our sound effects here are me moving the mic stand. It's really high tech here. If folks are interested in getting involved, uh, there are many ways. <laughs> and... Uh, first off, folks can—let me bring this up here—go to incarceratedworkers.org, and there, there's a whole different list of ways folks can take action, including a call for Labor Day solidarity. Uh, there's PhoneZap. You can phone zap prisons, and I spoke a bit about that last week, and they also have a list here of ways to go about doing that. You can also write letters to prisoners facing retaliation. You can donate to the strike fund, and you can endorse the strike. And they have a lot of more information, including prison strike resources, uh, press releases, prison strike activity, uh, lots more information. And you can also educate yourself and others about the strike demands. And they have the prison strike scene, as well as interviews with uh, jailhouse lawyer speak organizers. And perhaps if we have time, I'll be able to play some more um, later on the show. And also you can follow hashtag August 21st, hashtag prison strike on social media. And... If you want to endorse a strike, you can also email your organization statement to prisonstrikemedia at gmail.com. They have a lot of other uh, other uh, other ways to help out as well. And again, for the demands and many other things you can check out about the strike, please go to incarceratedworkers.org. They also have a list of the endorsers, as well as campaign news and resources. Oh, okay. I think it's I think it's time for uh, a music break. Oh. <laughs> and um, uh, f 
not really a funny story, but just maybe says a bit too much about my personality. Every now and then, I have the option to, you know, sing at karaoke, and uh, usually kind of opt more towards political songs, surprisingly enough. I know folks are shocked. And, uh, you know, after doing Rage Against the Machine, probably dozens of times, uh, and other songs of theirs, and it's kind of like I kind of look for other songs to do, and quite often they're not really in, in rotation, which I understand they might not be pop, quote-unquote popular hits. Um, and every now and then I'm like, how do you have this Phil Oak song? Oh, do you have this, you know, Dylan song that wasn't anyway? No. Okay. Do you have the mass destruction by faithless? No. Okay. Um, and I'm imagining what it would be like if more, more of these songs were readily available. And I'm sure folks have the capacity to do that for folks who create tracks. So putting that out in the universe, I guess we got to manifest. And also just, if we were to hear these songs more often, what would that do to, our behaviors and our thought processes. And also, I guess it's easy for me to romanticize a time I didn't exist in because I didn't know the difficulties of that and contradictions and and whatnot. And of course, I mentioned, you know, Phil Oaks and Bob Dylan and great songwriters and also didn't treat women well. So that's a part of it as well. And uh, so thinking about how my I'm not sure exactly where I'm going with this in, in that I would appreciate folks who write really political music and um, yeah so now I feel I'm a human being complex feelings and I'm like oh do I really want to play a Bob Dylan song now that I'm like oh there's a song anyway alright well uh, then there's also the Oh, goodness. We'll find, uh, see if there's, other versions, which we can also check out as well. So, let's see. All right, I haven't heard this version before, but we'll, we'll see how this one goes. of war You that build all the guns You that build the death planes You that build all the bombs And you that hide behind
shit. That is so fucking good and better than the original. Wow. Oh my goodness. That was... Whew. That was Charles Lloyd and the Marvels uh, featuring Lucinda Williams with Masters of War. Uh, you can find that. Just uh, NPR had that. It's also in vivo. Wow. It's on YouTube. Uh, wow. Ugh. Ugh. That, ugh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Goodness. Okay. So we're going to go into a few more things here for folks. I've got some news articles that are just, ugh. Do we, like, do we have to? It's that feeling of when, you know, I guess typically we think of that when we're kids, when like we have, we're told we have to do something. We're like, oh, do we have to do, do I, do I have to do the, I don't want to, and then you're like, oh, well, I guess it's happening. So might as well get it over with. And then there are some other things that are more upbeat. Well, I don't know if they're upbeat, but actions that folks can participate in. So those are maybe more proactive. And this article is also kind it's proactive. So it's more like, how can folks, how do we stop this nonsense from happening? And this article is from MontereyCountyWeekly.com. Interesting. Uh, the local GOP invites Joe Arpaio to lunch. A protest aims to outnumber them. And this came out yesterday on August 30th and is written by Mary Duin. Of all the lunatic moments of the 45 presidency thus far, one of the favorites of this author came when he pardoned convicted criminal Joe Arpaio. Arpaio ruled the Maricopa County Sheriff's Department as the self-styled, quote-unquote, America's toughest sheriff for 24 years, and he did it with a cold heart and an iron fist. Among his better-known antics investigating Barack Obama's birth certificate and claiming, even in 2018, that it's forged, failing to investigate dozens of child molestation cases, including many in which the alleged victims were the children of undocumented immigrants, building a tent city, which Arpaio himself likened to a concentration camp to house prisoners, and amassing such a record of civil rights violations that his department paid out more than $146 million in settlements, legal fees, and court awards during his tenure, according to the Arizona Republic. Arpaio was finally dethroned, and I can think of another word that begins with the D-E that I'm thinking of. All right, we'll all think of this together. Okay, got it. Uh, by a, it was finally dethroned by a Democrat in 2017. And on August 28th, he lost his, I'm thinking of another word, but they say primary, uh, <laughs> primary campaign for the Senate seat Republican Jeff Flake, uh, to, for the Senate seat Republican Jeff Flake is vacating. Before the election, one pollster commented that there is a better chance of finding a leprechaun with a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow than of Arpaio winning the race. Arpaio and 45 formed a bromance uh, owing to their like-mindedness when it comes to immigration. When Arpaio was convicted of contempt for disobeying a judge's order to stop targeting and detaining Latinx drivers, Trump rode... Uh, sorry, I said his name. Gross. Blech, I'll wash out my mouth. Ugh, ugh, gross. Ugh. All right. 45 rode to the rescue and, in August 2017, pardoned him. And when comedian Sasha Baron Cohen recently lured Arpaio in, onto his new Showtime series, Who is America?, under the guise that a Finnish media personality wanted to interview him, the exchange between Cohn's character and the 86-year-old Arpeo was cringeworthy. If 45 calls you up and asks after this and says, Sheriff Joe, I want to offer you an amazing blowjob, would you say yes, Cohn asks? I may have to say yes, Arpeo answers. I have... I'm Okay. I feel like if you also have, like, fucking <laughs> war criminals like that in your presence, 
you know, I appreciate satire a lot, and I also feel like more needs to be done. To okay, I'll leave it at that. I'm gonna leave it at that. Okay, I'm gonna continue on with the article. Why a newspaper on, and also the idea of somehow making people feel less than by insinuating. Uh, acts such as giving blowjobs and anything related to homosexuality is just also it's an issue with the left too where it comes up a lot that's my own perspective a lot of other folks also agree where it's like we're gonna make fun of you by saying that you're gay and it's like what does that say to everyone out there who is gay hmm? all right why a newspaper on California's Central Coast cares about Arpaio is this. He's coming to Carmel Valley as a featured guest of the Monterey Peninsula Republican Women Feder... I can't. I can't. I'm going to finish this article. I'm going to make myself read this nonsense. I'm going to make myself read it. Okay. Why a newspaper on California's Central Coast cares about Arpaio is this. He's coming to Carmel Valley as the featured guest of the Monterey Peninsula Republican Women Federated, the educational... I think educational should be in quotation marks, the educational wing of the local GOP organization for their at their annual Liberty Luncheon on September 13th at Palo Corona Regional Park. Also invited our Breitbart, quote-unquote, now they have this in quotations, journalist, thank you, uh, the founder of Turning Point USA and an actor, female actor, uh, I've never heard of, who claims to, f- claims to fame that she, ca- her, whose claim to fame is that she came out as, quote-unquote, conservative, came out of the, quote-unquote, conservative closet. You read that right. The women's group that represents the party of Lincoln and Reagan and hell, even Bush, who doesn't... Okay, there, this is another thing. I'm going to not even re- repeat this line. The the prior fucking war criminal presidents, and I know there's a lot to choose from, so should be more specific about this, is that folks are saying, oh, they don't look so bad now. And I've heard that before, and I'm like, whoa, the bar is so low, it's underground. The bar is so low, it's underground. Okay, things are so bad right now. It's like, well, remember when we had that other war criminal president? Yeah, the, things were better then. It's like, oh my gosh. Goodness. Okay. So, and folks are like, well, at least, okay, at least then only, you know, certain parts of the population were being harmed as opposed to many more, pop- you know, it's like, oh my gosh, the bar is so low. Okay. <sighs> I'll finish reading the sentence. Okay. So they've invited Jaro Peo to lunch. They've aligned themselves with a once dangerous, and I'm going to say still dangerous, uh, law enforcement official who never believed the law applied to him and who's now become a sad old joke. And the author sent several messages to the group's president, Karen Reisman, to ask her why, but didn't hear back. That's a surprise. The concessionaire that manages Palo Corona, which used to be the Rancho Canada Golf Club, has rented the facility to the Republican women for their annual lunch for 13 years. The situation has led Rafael Payan, the head of the Monterey Peninsula Regional Park District, to consult with the district's attorney in the interest, he says, of making sure the public facility offers equal access and equal protection under the law. He's heard from a wide spectrum from supporters to people who don't support Sheriff Arpaio, he says. One of those non-supporters is Shabon Wolf, a Carmel Valley mom who can barely manage anything, she says. And the idea of Arpeo coming to her sleepy little town was too much to take, and it spurred her to action. Yes, she's become the de facto leader of a protest planned to take place outside the lunch, and she's trying to figure out if she needs a permit to bring along a taco truck and a mariachi band. I've lived here for thir- I've lived here 31 years. My kids were raised here. Joe Arpeo is a hate monger, and I don't want to accept it. She says part of the thing I want to say. Part of the thing I want to do is say, we don't like your message. Here in Carmel Valley and in Monterey County, we celebrate Latino culture. All right. So that's, yeah, that's it. Uh, Mary Duan writes the local spin for the weekly, and you can contact the author of this piece at mary at mcweekly.com. Wow. Okay. So I hope a lot of folks show up and get this fucker out of town. I mean, ugh. Ugh. 
I mean, that that's oh, just oh gosh. Okay, I'm not not helping anyone now with my goshes and my size. Although perhaps folks can relate. There's a lot of goshes. <laughs> I don't know what other language to use. Um, I have a few more things. Oh, this was okay. From the Gothamist, uh, the village voice is officially dead. Uh, I lived in New York for quite a while and appreciated the village voice. And this came out today, written by Christopher Robbins. Gothamist. Three years after buying the Village Voice and a year after the paper shut down its print edition, owner Peter Barbie told the remaining staff today that the publication will no longer be posting any new stories. Well, that's okay. It's not like there's anything to report on anymore. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Today is kind of a sucky day. That's what this guy said. That's his fucking quote. Told the staff, according to audio obtained by Gothamist, due to basically business realities, <laughs> we're going to stop publishing the Village Voice uh, Village Voice new material. Uh, Barbie said that half of the staff, which is around 15 to 20 people, will remain on to wind things down and work on a project to archive the Voice's material online. The rest of the staff will be let go today. Um, and then Barbie says, I bought the Village Voice to save it. This isn't exactly how I thought it was going to end up. I'm still trying to save the Village Voice, Barbie told the staff. He also praised them for doing important work. You had, a, you had amazing grit to remain professional in doing what you've been doing and hanging in there to the end. Barbie also seemed to indicate that he may have been thinking about selling the Voice for some time. The Voice, founded as an alternative weekly newspaper in 1955, has had a number of previous owners, including New York Magazine, Ugh, Rupert Murdoch. That's... My ugh was more towards Rupert Murdoch, Leonard Stern, and New York Times, later Village Voice Media. I've been having conversations with other entities for months now, Barbie said in the Friday meeting. This is something we have to do. For some of them, this is something we'd have to do before they could talk us talk to us any further. Uh, in, 20, in a 2015... In a 2015 interview, Barbie, whose family owns the... Reading the Reading Eagle, unless it's oh, excuse me, Reading Eagle. Uh, Barbie is president, as well as a textile empire. Promised. <laughs> oh my gosh, your family owns a textile. I don't know. I'm not a business person. I'm not. I can't. But if your family owns a text, maybe you can pay journalists a little bit. I don't know. I okay. <sighs> okay. Okay. So his family owns the Reading Eagle, as well as a textile empire. Uh, promised to invest in The Voice. I'm honored I had the opportunity to purchase it and be part of its future. It's one of the world's great journalistic brands. It deserves to survive and prosper. It's important to a lot of people, and it needs not to be. It needs to not be resource constrained, kind of like anything organic. It just needs food and water. A voicemail left at The Voice's offices was not immediately returned. The mailbox attached to Barbie's cell phone number was full, and they say we'll update as we learn more. Update. Barbie has issued a statement saying the voice has been a key element of New York City journalism and is read around the world as the first modern alternative newspaper. It literally defined a new genre of publishing. The voice has connected multiple generations to local and national news, music, art, theater, film, politics, and activism, and showed us that its idealism could be a way of life. He also addressed the financial issues. In recent years, The Voice has been subject to the increasingly harsh economic realities facing those creating journalism and written media. Like many others in publishing, we were continually optimistic that relief was around the next corner. Where stability for our business is, we do not know yet. The only thing that is clear now is that we have not reached that destination. 
Oh, goodness. Okay, so that's in Gothamist. Came out today. And also, this brings me to... Hey, support the fucking... <laughs> excuse me. I mean, not for swearing. I, I could ask for help a little bit. I, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. So, Mutiny Radio. Uh, free speech zone here. And the Weekly Review. I've been doing this show since 2013, and I'm asking for donations. Please, we've got a Patreon account set up. Patreon.com forward slash Weekly Rev. Um... I, at the moment, and since I've been doing this, volunteer my time to do it. I Thankfully, there are many folks who donate funds, and I'm so gratefully, I gratefully, I'm just, it's not even one yet, and I'm making words up. Okay. I'm so grateful for the folks who have donated over time and are recurring donate, donate, donors, <laughs> donors. I'll take a, I'll take a stop. I'll stop talking in a minute. Um, however, ideally, we're looking to get folks who can, we pay dues here, so... We're looking for folks to help out with the dues. And also, it'd be great to be compensated for my time and energy and effort into doing this. I do it because I feel like we need to, and it's important to have the truth out there. And I also value my time and labor. So, if you like agree with that and you have some capital to spare and or know folks who do, please send them my way. Help them help, them help me. <laughs> it really would... I appreciate it a lot. Uh, so yeah, folks can check out patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. You can find out also, we've got the last few years of the archive, not the full archive, but the few last few years of the archive of the show at mutinyradio.fm. There's a lot of other great programs here on the show. And as we're seeing more and more newspapers are closing, also journalists are being fucking attacked and killed. And it's important that folks who do speak the truth are supported in any way possible. Also, shout out to Ritual Cannabis, who are one of our monthly contributors. Um, I oftentimes do anti-ads on the show. However, we do do pro-ads. So if you're up in the Seattle area, there's a queer-owned cannabis company uh, called Ritual Cannabis. So please do support them if you're up there and you partake. Okay. And also, if you own a small business or any kind of thing and you want to sponsor the show, yeah, get in touch. Totally. Um, Please? Thanks. Please and thank you. There we go. Asking for what we want. That's a way to do it. Okay, so I feel like I'm going to stop talking for a moment and play some audio clips. There's, uh, I mentioned earlier about supporting folks, uh, intersex folks, and stopping surgeries from happening non-consensually. You should, one should think, yeah, a non-consensual surgery is fucked up. And imagine that it happens on children. It still is happening on children all the time. So I'm going to play a video here. And we've also posted it on the weekly review page because a lot of the things that are spoken about, they provide links and uh, emails and Twitter. So it's written. And <laughs> so if you check out our weekly review page, which is at facebook.com forward slash weekly rev, a few stories down, we've posted this video so you can see it. And there's also subtitles as well as visual links. So you'll know how to, to have the spelling of everything. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to play this and then I'll find some music afterwards to play. And... Yeah, then we'll be back with some more um, actions and events that are happening that folks can partake in. Today we're going to be talking about five ways that you can participate in the End Intersex Surgery Campaign. And while we're doing that, I'm going to be trying on some suits because it's almost time to return them. And I still haven't figured out what I'm going to wear for my best friend's wedding, which I'm standing up in. So stay tuned to figure out how you can be an ally to intersex people. What is intersex? Intersex is an umbrella term for people born with sex traits that don't fall neatly into either the male or female categories as we traditionally think of it. These can be your gonads, reproductive organs, hormones, genitalia, 
or your chromosome. And intersex happens in about 1-2% to of the human population, making it as popular as people born naturally with red hair. And what is the end intersex surgery campaign? Intersex children are often subjected to medically unnecessary surgeries to alter their genitals. And these surgeries have devastating negative impacts. Some of these surgeries include clitoral reductions, removal of one's functional testes, and vaginoplasties. These surgeries should be delayed and should only be done with the full informed consent of the intersex adult patient. And we're calling, actually we're demanding, that Lurie Children's Hospital in Chicago become the first children's hospital in the nation to ban these unnecessary surgeries, which have been called out by the United Nations as forms of torture and human rights abuses. So, the first thing we ask you to do in our digital campaign for end intersex surgery is to tweet at Lurie. And here's a sample tweet. At Lurie Children's, you do so many good things and you're a leader in keeping up with current medical practices. So will you also become the first to lead in this campaign that urges medical providers to respect the human rights of intersex children? Hashtag end intersex surgery. There's a few other tweets there that you can copy and paste as well. Now let's try on the second suit for the wedding and also talk about the second thing you can do online to put pressure on lower children to end these horrible surgeries. Good color, I really like the color. Really love the material of the pants and the jacket. This is also the second thing you can do in the end intersex surgery campaign, and that's using Facebook. So one of the sample things we have for you to say to Lurie on Facebook is this. Did you know, in October of 2016, the United Nations declared that unnecessary surgery and treatment without informed consent of intersex children is a human rights violation, yet at Lurie Children's continues to perform medically unnecessary cosmetic procedures on intersex children. I am 100% invested in supporting intersex patients across the country, but in particular, those that are born with intersex traits and come to your hospital. As intersex activists from across the country came outside of Lurie Children's Hospital on June, I mean, on July 18th, demanding an end to intersex surgery. I hope Lurie will listen and become the first hospital in the U.S. to end unnecessary intersex surgery. So that's just an example of something that you can paste into your Facebook and tag Lurie to make a change for intersex people. Now, let's go to suit option number three. Kind of nice. Kind of like it. This is also the third thing that you can do for the end intersex surgery campaign, which involves Instagram. So, every time Lurie Children's posts on Instagram, their handle's at Lurie Children's, we were asking people to comment hashtag end intersex surgery. And you could take it one step further. So if you go into the toolkit linked below, we have sample posts that you can share. And one of them is this. Intersex children should be allowed to determine if they want surgery when they are adults. Intersex children deserve self-determination. Lurie, will you be the first to lead and urge providers to respect the human rights of intersex children? So that's just one of the many samples that we have up on the digital toolkit for you to copy and paste every time Lurie Children's posts a new post. We're looking for you to really help us with that part of the campaign. So let's try on another suit and come back with the fourth thing that you can do to help out with this campaign. So the fourth way that you can get involved with the end intersex surgery campaign, and this one's a little bit different, so pay attention. This is the part where we're asking you to actually email Lurie Children's. 
but we make it as easy and pain-free as possible because we give you a whole thing that you can copy and paste and you just tweak a little bit here and there. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's kind of long, but if you can go on the digital toolkit linked below and write an email to the CEO, Patrick Magoon, and also the ethics department at Lurie Children's, we have a whole template for you and feel free to tweak it however you want and please, please, please send them an email. I think we often use social media like Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, but we often forget that we can also just email people. So I think it's also important to email them because the CEO is the same CEO that was present when I was a child going through my unnecessary surgeries at this hospital. So he needs to know that he is overseeing this. And by overseeing this and not ending it, he's complicit in it as well. And we also have the ethics department here CC because we want the ethics department to know what's going on at their hospital too. So please send the email. You can CC me as well, so I know you sent it. So let's move on to the fifth outfit and the fifth way that you can get involved in the campaign. They match and I really like that. I think. I really think I like this one. This one might be it. It's really comfortable. It fits right. It's the color. It's one of the official colors of the wedding, cobalt blue. So I like it. Let me know what you think. And also, let's get down to the fifth way that you can take part in the end intersex surgery campaign. And this one is using, which is really hard for millennials like myself, the telephone. But we've made it really, really easy. And when you go to the link below, there's the telephone script, and we're asking you to call Larry Children's and just read what's on there. Don't worry, you're not gonna speak to anybody. It's just leaving a message, and we're asking them again at the end, will they become a leader and end intersex surgery? So, these are the five ways that you could take part in the end intersex surgery campaign. Also, I wanted to talk about the fact that wearing suits, for me, as a non-binary person who has a chest, uh, it's kind of hard, right? Because like shirts and coats made for people without chests don't really fit us that right. I have been wearing a binder underneath this suit and it's a chest binder that flattens out my chest that I got from GC2B and their Instagram handle is GC2B and they are a queer trans owned company that makes really awesome binders. It's my first binder ever and I thought it would be more uncomfortable than a sports bra but actually since I've gotten the binder I've stopped wearing sports bras because now those are super uncomfortable to me and I could wear the binder almost all day. I'm not saying that's going to be this true for everybody but for somebody like me it has been and it's really helped me feel better when I try on masculine or men's clothing such as a suit because it flattens out the top and it just makes the clothes fit me a little bit better. I got the color that's like closest to my skin tone, if you can see it right there. Kind of just blends in and kind of stays out of the way. So shout out to them. If you need a binder, I really, really highly recommend them. That wraps today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it and I hope you take part in the N Intersex Surgery campaign. Don't forget to click the link in the description to see all the ways you can participate. And if you like this video and you want to see more like it, please feel free to subscribe to my channel and also hit the little bell for notifications. And don't forget to let me know which outfit you liked best, one, two, three, four, or five, in the comments below. I hope that we can work together to bring positive change for intersex people. And remember, intersex stories, not surgeries.
gathered in their masses Just like witches at black masses Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds stops turning ashes where the body's burning no more war pigs of the power and as God has struck the hour day 
of judgment God is calling Underneath the war pigs crawling Begging mercies for the sin Satan laughing spreads his wings Tell me that there's danger To the land you call your own And you watch them build the war machine Right beside your home And they tell you that it's time To go marching into war oh, I know you're set for fight but what are you fighting for? When they arm the tanks and air strikes to the teeth, they 
look upon your own how they've suffered horribly oh there's many kinds of slavery we found many more i know you're set for fighting but what are you fighting Before you walk out on your job and answer to the call Just think about the millions on the other side of the wall The women who wait for handouts with their eyes upon the floor I know you're set for fight but what are you fighting for? So turn on your TV Turn it on so loud Watch the fools are smiling there And tell me that you're proud Listen to the rock starts to pour I know you're set for fighting but what are you fighting for the hardest thing I'll ask you if you'll only try to imagine your own sons on that beach and look into their eyes There you'll see the answer you should have seen before If you'll win the wars at home There'll be no fighting anymore That there's danger to the land you call your own And you watch them build the war machines right beside your home You tell me that you're ready to go marching to the war I know you said for fighting, but what are you fighting for? Before you pack your rifle and sail across the sea Think upon the southern part of land that you call free Oh, as many kinds of slavery and we found many more I know you said for fighting, but what are you fighting for? And before you walk out on your job and answer to the call Just 
Review heard two versions of covers of uh, What Are You Fighting For? The last one was a cover by Elliot Minor. Before that, Lee Lawless, originally a song by Phil Oaks. <sighs> and yes, What Are You Fighting For? Got a few more stories, other things coming up. <laughs> I'm feeling a bit spent, as one might when you, one thinks about what's happening in the world and talks about it. It's a lot. There's a lot to witness, it's a lot to move through. A few headlines here. I'm at the stage where I'll do a few headlines. So there's a gay man who's attacked at Harvey Milk Plaza in the Castro. And this, uh, there's an article that came out a day ago. And that's if you go to backtostonewall.com and two is in the number two. A 53-year-old gay man was kicked in the head and then harassed by his assailant who screamed anti-gay slurs at Harvey Milk Plaza in San Francisco's Castro last weekend. And they have a story about that. I believe we've also shared it on the weekly review webpage. So that's happening. And again, it's, I don't want to fucking talk about this stuff. And then if we don't acknowledge what's happening, I, I don't, that doesn't help either. And I'm all for more de-escalation trainings. Also, this came out uh, yesterday uh, from the examiner city to investigate after Twitter video shows two men forcibly throwing young man off muni so apparently there's a young man who's playing music and two ad- adults threw this kid off the train a woman was t- pleading with them to stop and they didn't and there's the it's going on social media with hashtag muni matt and muni uh is m-u-n-i muni matt and hashtag muni mark and 
Anna Sterling, a local journalist who posted the videos, confirmed the incident occurred on the Enjuda Muni line last Thursday between somewhere between 32nd and 40th Avenues. Sterling said that she was not on the train herself, but the video was recorded by her friend. Uh, Sterling is a journalist uh, with the LA Times, Huffington Post, Vice, NBC News, among other outlets. The Okay. And the Twitter video Sterling posted Thursday night, which had garnered more than 168,000 views of this post. As of this posting, a man can be seen tackling the young man of color as a nearby woman shouts, stop, he's just a kid, leave him alone. The man who tackled the younger man can be seen holding him in an arm lock on a muni seat, replied, uh, tell him to stop, I'm fine stopping, I've got no problem. And the woman can be heard saying, over music, leave him alone. Oh, fuck. This is, again, in the examiner. And in the tweet describing the first video, Sterling wrote, whoa, these two men just tried to throw this kid off the muni train because he was playing music too loudly, she added. He easily could have hit oncoming traffic. This is, that is not okay. And there's more details in the... Uh, in the article, uh, as the video garnered more views, some replying to it on Twitter said they believed race was a factor in the altercation and made references to Permit Patty and Barbecue Becky, nicknames given to women who recently called the police to respond to an eight-year-old girl selling water and a woman who called the police on black people hosting a barbecue at Lake Merritt in Oakland, respectively. Thinking you have the right to remove somebody from public transit because they annoy you is a perfect example of white privilege in action, uh, wrote Twitter Twitter user. Another Twitter user dubbed the two seemingly white men, hashtag uh, MuniMat and hashtag MuniMark, re- uh, referencing Permit Patty and Barbecue Becky. Another Twitter user wrote, they did it because he was black, period. And Bay News, Bay City News contributed to the story. And again, you can find more information on this, from the San Francisco Examiner. Ugh. All right. Ugh, fuck. Um. Gosh, okay. My. <laughs> so. Homelessness and poverty are criminalized in California, and recently a woman was killed as a crew cleared a California homeless camp. And there's an article from the SF Gate that came out on August 29th, and folks in the Coalition on Homelessness have also reported this as well. And this is in Modesto. A homeless woman sleeping in a cardboard box was struck and killed by heavy machinery operated by a road crew clearing a homeless camp. Uh, Shannon... Uh, Marie Bigley, and I read that she was known as Sunshine, uh, was 33, was killed August 1st in a grassy field alongside a highway where, where a homeless camp was built. The Modesto Bee reported, the incident occurred while a California Department of Transportation crew was attempting to clear the encampment about 90 miles east of San Francisco. And then they, uh, okay, so the investigation was turned over to the California Highway Patrol because the police are saying it's not a homicide, even though, I mean, you're fucking, they're killing somebody. Uh, fucking gross. Folks can read more at uh, SF Gate. Oh, God damn it.
unfortunately have to devote time here to speak about folks who are killed. And people aren't held accountable. From uh, Transgrio, which is transgrio.blogspot.com, this came out um, today. Number 17, rest in power, Dejanay Stanton. I was hoping we could get through the month of August without losing a single trans person, but unfortunately that is not going to be the case. Um, We go to Chicago for our latest trans murder. 24-year-old Dejanay Stanton was found in an alley at approximately 12.30 p.m. Central time at East 40th and South Martin Luther King Streets on Chicago's south side. Stanton was discovered suffering from a gunshot wound to the head after people in the area reported hearing gunshots. She was transported to Stroger Hospital, where she was subsequently pronounced dead. Stanton is the 17th trans person murdered in the United States in 2018 and the 13th African-American trans person we have lost to anti-trans violence. The part that really irritates and pisses uh, the author off is that she is now the eighth trans person under the age of 30, and we have lost to anti-trans violence. Dejanay's black trans life mattered. When is that point going to be unequivocally acknowledged by the black cis community, its legacy orgs, and its political leaders? A balloon release will be held later today at the 40th and King Street alley where she was killed starting at 7.30 p.m. The says Chicago police are investigating the case. Uh, rest in power and peace, Dejanay. Uh, the author says that she's upset that you really didn't get a chance to live your life, and I'm tired of the anti-trans animus that probably played a role in cutting yours way too short. You trans family and all who loved you will not rest until the person who killed you has been brought to justice. It was written by Monica Roberts published at midnight. And for more info, go to transgrio.blogspot.com and that's T-R-A-N-S-G-R-I-O-T dot blogspot.com. We'll have a moment of silence and we'll be back in a bit.
<sighs> All right. We've got some upcoming events. Uh, I guess that's what we're going to next. <sighs> upcoming events. And I, I bum myself out sometimes. And that's what happens, I guess. It's the world that we're living in. October 4th. Before Columbus, we were here and queer. And this is a public event hosted by the James C. Hormel LGBTQIA Center of San Francisco at the Public Library. This is happening Thursday, October 4th from 3.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. And this is in the Latino Hispanic Community Room in the main library, which is at 100 Larkin Street. And uh, the details, an hour of short film screenings followed by a panel discussion by Two-Spirit and people of color about cultural identities, AIDS, gender, and race relations, moderated by Randy Burns, co-founder of Gay American Indians in 1975, featuring Blackberry, Dr. Osa Hidalgo de la Riva, who's a filmmaker, a film director, uh, Jesus Baragan, a gay Latino from the Gay Latino Alliance, uh, excuse me um and um many other folks as well and this is funded by the friends of the san francisco public library and yeah yeah that's happening again on october 4th um also september 1st which is tomorrow the qtpoc open mic the oakland qtpoc uh, Pride Festival featuring Evolve and Bobby Kindred is happening. That's tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Oakland LGBTQ Center, which is at 3207 Lakeshore Avenue in Oakland, and it's at the Rand Avenue entrance. Um, QTPOC Open Mic, Oakland Pride Edition. Uh, this is a QTPOC healing affinity space. If you're not QTPOC identified, please honor our need for a QTPOC healing space and support our healing by gifting what you can to pay for food for the event, and you can go to https colon forward slash forward slash ally support the number four qtpoc dot eventbrite dot com, and that's happening. There's also yeah, if you check out the event, it's on Facebook, so that's another thing that's happening. Um, also, uh, on September eighth. National Alliance hashtag Gig Workers Unite Rally hosted by the DSA of San Francisco. So Saturday, September 8th from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. at City Hall, San Francisco City Hall. Details. If you want to stop Uber Lyft from abusing workers and taking advantage of regulation loopholes, if you want to stop the abuse and wage theft prevalent in the industry, come to the San Francisco City Hall Rally for Workers' Rights Over Corporate Greed on Saturday, September 8th from 2 to 5 p.m. Stop the misclassification of employment hashtag defend uh, Dynamex okay I'm not sure what that is so Dynamex which is D-Y-N-A-M-E-X okay there's also some other events happening that I want to speak about as well and I, I mean I get super fucking depressed reading about all that's happening acknowledging all that's happening people who are not held accountable state violence Oh, everyday violence, fucking wars. And again, I think back to the lyrics of the song, What Are You Fighting For?, where this idea that military gets so much money for folks to go overseas. Meanwhile, people here are struggling to survive. Ugh, and it's to understand that that was written 50 years ago and we're still dealing with the same thing. And it's even more extreme. Was it like $716, $717 billion going to fucking military? And the funds, it's also just the funds of criminalization. And it also ties back to the prison strike, too, where 
uh, folks are fucking fucking Gavin Newsom is saying, oh, we shouldn't have any more money going towards homelessness. And it's there's over 71% of the folks who are unhoused here in San Francisco used to be housed. So that's part of the equation. And also some of the money that goes goes towards the Department of Public Works and the police department who end up harassing and arresting people. So when folks think that, oh, there's money that's going to, the money doesn't actually go directly to folks who are unhoused. It goes to policing of them and criminalizing them. It's so fucking backwards. And the same with fucking prison. It's like, first of all, the folks, most of the folks who are incarcerated shouldn't even be there in the first place for folks who can't afford bail or folks who are arrested on drug charges or folks who are sex workers or folks who should not have even been arrested in the first place because it's all fucking lies. You have war criminals walking free. And then for folks who are incarcerated, they're like, there's no rehabilitation for most people. People don't have their fucking basic needs being met. And then they're being, and they're forced to do labor. It's, oh gosh, it's like, oh, I would hope that humanity would evolve. And it's so depressing that it's going backwards or things are getting worse. And it's not to say that things were ever great or better for the majority of people. Although things do seem to be getting a lot worse in a lot of ways. And I don't want to discount the good things that are happening. It just seems that the organization, organizational violence that is happening is feels really reprehensible. Here's another event that's happening that folks can participate in. (laughs) I, for the first part of the show, I felt like I was like, yeah, gonna go through it. And it's exhausting. Even fucking, and it's like such a fucking privileged thing to say, oh, it's exhausting recognizing what's happening. And I get that maybe that's why a lot of folks choose to look away, as referenced in many of those songs. It's how long are you going to keep on looking away, pretending these things aren't happening? I get that it's fucking unpleasant and uncomfortable and exhausting. And also, how how does it help to not engage? And this is more directed at probably folks who don't listen to the show, honestly. There are so many folks out there I know who listen and who do so much fucking amazing work. And I feel like we often burn ourselves out. It's more for the folks who choose to do nothing and or take their time to fucking argue with us for doing something or to make excuses for war criminals. All right. That's aside. Okay. So today, August 31st, uh, Biking While Black, Justice for Naj. And this is hosted by Rich City Rides. And this is happening again today, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. So if you're able, this is at the Wiley Manual Alameda County Courthouse. This is, is at, I need to make this larger so I can read... It? Okay, it's at 661 Washington Street in Oakland. And again, this is happening right now. Uh, thank you for your continued unwavering support. We received notification from the district attorney that the charge of resisting arrest will not see the uh, day of light in court. In addition, after a long wait, or light of day in court, uh, after a long wait this past Tuesday, we received notice that the Oakland Police Department has dismissed the case. This is not typical and was only possible because of the support of you my community this is the person who's writing this uh, so i recognize when i read things it's like i'm not uh, i want to do it justice and i'm also not reading it. okay you get it i'm just reading what i see okay uh, we have won uh, this victory together and now we must ensure that all of our community is safe and free from police harassment misconduct and racial profiling for this cause and in solidarity with the coalition members notably rich city rides red bike and green the scrapper bike team bike concord and bike east bay at 8 a.m uh, folks will be at Wiley W. Manual Courthouse at 661 Washington Street in Oakland 
and everyone's welcome to join. From 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., there was the gathering. There are guest speakers from 11 a.m. to noon, so my apologies on reading this a bit late. But starting at noon, uh, things will be leading up to the court date and need folks support. Okay. And Walter Wiley will represent uh, Najari Smith pro bono. And there's more information here. So again, um, yeah. Uh, yes, more information at the on the event page. So again, that uh, it's called uh, Biking While Black, Justice for Naj. So that's one more event. There's another event I'm looking f to as well. And, you know, maybe in the future, it's difficult doing this. I mean, I kind of do this mostly, a lot of folks contribute and it's also like at the day of, kind of decide what to do. And at 1.40, oh, no wonder, it's kind of, it's a, it's a long show, I, I recognize that. There's one more event I definitely want to get to and then maybe we'll just, and by playing some more music and we can party and by party I'll be sighing. Okay. And there's a few more upcoming events I'm going to get to. Also, thanks again so much for listening. I realize it's a lot. It's a lot for me to say. It's probably a lot to listen to and maybe folks listen to it in pieces. I mean, maybe that's what I would recommend. And I also recognize that's why we do some of our, um, Music. I've lost track of what I'm what I'm talking about. All right. There's a Degenderettes concert at the Silver Sprocket Bicycle Club that is happening. When is this happening? Today, seven seven p.m. at DG Number Four with Jenna Pup, Lavender Sacred, and excuse me, Lavender Lavender Scared and Scout Tran. And again, that's today at seven p.m. And there's another event that's happening next week. I wanted to get to. Um, something I'll just mention here. There's the West County Detention Community Fund Benefit on Wednesday, September 5th at the Knockout. These are all on Facebook, so if you just type in the, the name, the event will pop up if I haven't already included them in the weekly review page. Thursday, September 6th, uh, Butch's Books and Brownies at Doug Yard Books in the Castro, and that's from 7 to 9 p.m., Oh, yes. Also September. There's a lot of things on September 7th. Okay. There's also Keep Oakland Queer, a benefit for Culture Collective. And that's at 7 p.m. at Culture Collective in Oakland. And at 7.30 p.m., there's an evening with Boots Riley at the Herbst Theater. That's also happening. September 8th, Stop Urban Shield at the People's Climate March. And that's 9.30 a.m. at Sue Bierman Park. September 8th, also 10 a.m. It Takes Roots, Solidarity to Solutions Week. That's Okay. Mark that interested in that. A lot of things happening. There's the Tongues of Fire reading series, I believe, which is happening August 11th. And it's happening at, oh, Bound Together Books at 1369 Hate Street. There's a couple more events. There's a lot more events I'm going to get to. So please bear with me as we go down the list here. It'll take just a few moments. Thanks again for listening. There's a lot of great shows here at Mutiny Radio every day of the week, um, anything you can imagine. And also, if you're interested in doing a show here, we have slots available. You get trained, pay monthly dues, you get to do a show. It's great. Also, there are spaces available for rentals. Oh, also, a fucking big fucking news article. More people are having their passports revoked. Sorry I didn't get to it. It's 143. That's my mistake. Uh, 
So there are folks on the southern border of Texas who are citizens who are having their fucking passports revoked. It's super fucked up. Oh, fuck. Damn it. Oh, fuck. All right. Going to get to a few more events here. Today, 6.30 p.m. at Spectrum is the registration for the People's Pride Run. At Four Elements, 7.15, it's LGBTQ plus Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, tomorrow, just September 1st, Hip Hop for Change. At 12 p.m., there's the Laser Zine number seven release. And at Ships in the Night, tomorrow, uh, Saturday, September 1st, at 9 p.m., is benefiting uh, Tajo's Coalition. There's... Okay, at Spectrum from at 1 p.m. on Sunday, September 2nd, Racism Under the Rainbow, A Power of White LGBTQ Allyship. And this is brought to you by the Degenderettes. So there's a lot of more info from them as well. There's another. Oh, goodness. Okay, one more event I definitely wanted to get to. There's also an article on the Ford I wanted to read today, and I unfortunately did not get a chance to go to forward.com. The opinion piece, Jews should be horrified that Trump is revoking Latino citizenship. And um, please read it. I'm going to share it again. I think I've already, have I already shared this? Nope. I'm going to share it again on the Weekly Review webpage so folks can check this out there. And imagine me reading it, but probably getting really fucking frustrated and swearing throughout. So again, from forward.com, Jews should be horrified that Trump is revoking Latino citizenship. And, oh my gosh, and there's the fucking, okay. There's, can never get to everything. Oh, yeah. Okay, and also there was the the statue that students broke, you know, put down in North Carolina that's uh, Silent Sam. And they're, so glad the statue was taken down, and then unfortunately some folks, they're upset about it. That's a bridge version, but it's also happening. Uh, September 13th, Thursday, September 13th at 7 p.m., Insurgent Supremacist Building Power Against the Far Right. This looks like a really awesome event, and it's from the Center for Political Education. And we had uh, Rachel Herzing, who came on um, a few months ago to speak about that center, and they do a lot of great programming there. So this looks like a really awesome event if you're in the Bay Area and able to come. Thursday, September 13th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., Mission Center City College of San Francisco, which is at 1125 Valencia Street. I'll read a little bit about this. Insurgent Supremacist building power against the far right um it's in room 109 featuring matthew and lyons sarah kirshner um, from the international jewish anti-zionist network uh, mohammed shek from critical Res- resistance and it's moderated by maisha quint from cpe from the highest branches of the federal government to the streets of c- to the streets of cities and towns across the u.s the far right has been on a seemingly unrelenting and violent drive for power But how consolidated is their initiative? How sure are their victories? And how should the left confront them? The Center for Political Education is excited to host Matthew N. Lyons to talk about his new book, Insurgent Supremacists, the U.S. Far Right's Challenge to State and Empire. Matthew will be joined by local organizers Sarah Kirshner and Mohammed Shek to discuss the contours of the far right political project and the critical work of communities and struggle to defeat fascism and authoritarian populism. Uh, Matthew and Lyons has been writing about 
right-wing politics for over 25 years. His work focuses on the interplay between right-wing movements and systems of oppression and responses to these movements by leftists, liberals, and the state. Oh, liberals. Okay. I know which song I'm ending on. Uh, he writes regularly for the three-way fight, a radical anti-fascist blog, and his work has also appeared in The Guardian, New Politics, Socialism, and Democracy, Telesaur, Upping the Ante, and other publications. Lyons is the author of Insurgent Supremacists, the U.S. Far-Right's Challenge to State and Empire from PM Press and Kerplebitib Publishing in 2018, and contributed to the title essay... Contributed the title essay to the book Control Alt Delete, an anti-fascist report on the alternative right, which came out in 2017. Mohammed Cech and Sarah Kirshner are longtime Bay Area grassroots organizers. Through and beyond their respective work in CR and IJAN, Mohammed and Sarah have been at the front lines of fights against the far right in the Bay Area in recent years. CPE is honored to co-sponsor this event with Labor and Community Studies at CCSF. This event is wheelchair accessible. For questions about accessibility, please contact the center at politicaleducation.org. That looks like a really informative and interesting event, and I'm going to do my best to be there. Hopefully you can as well. Again, this is Thursday, September 13th from 7 to 9 p.m. at Mission Center, City, City College of San Francisco, 1125 Valencia Street. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. It's been a lot this week, and I appreciate you listening. And perhaps we can... Uh, we can um, share information with with others. That's what we can do. So initially, I did have this song ready, and I need to find it once more. This will take me just a moment. And it's another cover of a Phil Oaks song, and I've played it before on the show. There's a lot of different cover versions. And this kind of has helped me. It's one of my coping mechanisms of listening to versions of this song as a way of dealing with folks who insist they are, you know, on our side and then do things like mourn the death of war criminals and, and chastise us for not being civil about it or about our, our feelings or wanting to survive. So here's a version, one of the many versions of Love Me, I'm a Liberal. There's no women's magazine uh, today or Common Thread Collective. They're, they're on now every other week, so they'll, they'll be back next week on the 7th. There are a lot of other great shows here at Mutiny Radio. Labor and Love is one of them. Uh, so just check, check out other shows here. Thanks for listening. I'm tired. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Um, yeah, have a great week, everyone, and take action in any way you can. Also, support the prison strike, hashtag prison strike 2018. And again, incarceratedworkers.org for many ways that folks can participate in showing support and educating oneself and others. All right, have a great week, everybody. Well, I cried when Trump stole the election. I know the Russians were to blame. I voted for Hillary Clinton We'll break that glass ceiling someday But don't tell me Bernie would have beat him His ideals just got in the way So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Now I go to every anti-Trump rally And I bought an electric car Show them in the next election Love always trumps hate, hear me roar But don't talk about revolution That's going a little bit too far 
So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal I cheered when Obama was chosen Best prez of my lifetime so far And you know he just did what he had to Continuing all Bush's wars And I love all the blacks and Latinos As long as they don't move next door So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Those who fly the Confederate flag Should all hang their heads in shame I can't understand how their minds work Don't you see? But if you ask me to bust my children, I hope the cops take down your name. So love me, love me, love me, I'm a liberal. I listen to all things considered, and I donate to every fun drive. I love to sing, give peace a chance, those words get me feeling alive. When it comes to the conflict in Gaza I'll always take Israel's side So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal I vote for the Democratic Party I want the U.S. to be strong Keep fighting those cowardly terrorists With your honorable Democratic bombs and I've cleared my browser history So bring the NSA right along And love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Of course I support Black Lives Matter Those police killings all must be stopped And black folks would be real hard workers If we'd only give them a fair shot don't talk to me about reparations Cause you know I earned everything I got So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Once I was young and impulsive I wore every conceivable pin Even went to some socialist meetings Learned all the old union hymns but I've grown older and wiser And that's why I'm turning you in So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Yes, love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal
Expecting me. 